want to show you here uh, a passage. Uh, of course, we're, I'm a missionary, so we're going to be talking a little bit about missions, okay? So if you'll open your Bibles real quickly here, I know I don't have a whole lot of time, but look at, uh, in your Bibles here in 1 Kings chapter 22. I want to show you a verse here, and then we're going to go to a New Testament passage here. But my question for you tonight is this. Are you a sitter or are you a breaker? Are you a sitter or are you a breaker? Let's take a look here in this passage and then we'll pray and get into the message. We see here in verse 48 of 1 Kings chapter 22. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not, for the ships were broken at Ezon Geber. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you again for the opportunity to be in your house, to have your word, and uh, have you speak to us through your word. Help us, any Father, to take a good introspect of our hearts and see if we are sitters or if we are breakers. And help us, any Father, to, to be uh, willing to change from our stance so that we bring honor and glory to you. We just ask that you protect this sanctuary uh, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he needs to do here tonight. And that, Father, that you uh, keep Satan out so he will not disrupt the services. For we ask you in your son's name, amen. So we look here, we see that uh, 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 ships were built to go somewhere. And uh, what is a purpose of a ship? A ship was built for one purpose, to go from one place across the ocean to another place. To drop off goods, to pick up more goods, and to come back. That's the purpose of a ship. And so uh, a ship in the harbor is safe. That's no doubt about that. Uh, the harbors are built to protect it from the winds and the, and, and the waves coming in and to beat on the ships. So it's, it's safe in the harbor. But that's not what ships were built for. And so we see here that Jehoshaphat made some ships. They had a, a plan here. They made a plan, and they had a place to go. And we also see at the very end that these ships perished at the port. Well, let's apply it to our lives here tonight. We are ships. We are ships. We have a plan. And it's even on your doors here coming into the church. What does it say in Mark 16, 15? The, the two-letter word, it says, Go. We have a plan. The Lord has given us the plan. It's right here. This is the plan. And so we have to make a decision. Are we going to follow that plan? Well, let me give you a little hint. And I'm not mad. I'm not trying to get down on, on everybody. But it's not really a suggestion. It's a commandment. We are told to go. We are told to let our ships get out of the harbor. What's the harbor? This is the harbor. Yes, sir. Yeah. We are safe here. We are safe in this harbor. It doesn't take much faith to sit in the harbor, to listen to good preaching and, and, and hearing what other men may say and, and going by and how the Lord can move in our life. We're, we're safe here. But that's not what our ships are meant to do. Yes, it's great to have a harbor. We need the harbor. We need to hear good preaching. We need to hear uh, uh, what the Lord is trying to do in our lives. And then we need to make decisions to follow that pattern that men are telling us from the Holy Spirit through the, uh, uh, the preaching of the word. Yes, 
But the Lord has given us a plan, and that plan is to go out in the ocean. Yes, sir. What's the ocean? The ocean is outside these doors. It's right outside these doors. It could be just right across the street, but that's the ocean. As soon as you step out, you are in the ocean. And you have a place to go. What's that place? To your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, and even across the world. But that's the place we need to be going. That's what the Lord has commanded us to do. So we have these ships. Why don't we leave the harbor then? Why are we sitting in the harbor? The most prevalent answer is procrastination. Yes. My mom, who was a very uh, uh, wise woman, she always tried to push me to do the best I could possibly do uh, in school. She had a saying. She said, procrastination is the assassination of motivation. <laughs> so if you have procrastination, what does that mean? You're not motivated. And if we're not motivated, guess what? We're not going to leave the harbor. We're going to stay in the harbor. And that's not what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to move on. We need to release the ropes of of procrastination off the moorings and doing what the Lord wants us to do. So we have a place to go as well. We have a place to talk to our friends and neighbors, to the world, because that's the place that the Lord has called us to go to, into the world. And it could be, like I said, right across the street or all the way to Germany. But God's calling every one of us to go to these places. We are all evangelists. We are all ships that need to follow the plan. But what happened to these ships? They had a place to go. If the place was over to get something, to get gold to get golden, to bring it back. What a great plan. That was a fantastic plan. Who doesn't want to have gold? (laughs) But what's the gold? That's the lost. Gold is important here to Jehoshaphat. Who's important to the Lord? His creation. The lost. He wants it. What was his, his, uh, his mission? Remember, I was in the Air Force. Christ had a mission. Luke 19.10, look it up. He was sent to seek and to save the lost. We are supposed to be like Christ. That should be our mission as well. We can't save them, but we can go tell them. And we'll get that here in a few minutes. But we we have a place to go. But these ships never left. What happened? Because they went not, these ships were broken. They were broken. What did that mean? They rotted at the dock. I had a 1965 Ford Mustang that I sold before I went over to Germany. And living in the Dakotas, you know the winters. You know what they're like. And so my car always sat in the garage during the winter. And then I would go out in June to try to go and to use it to go start it and to go places. But what happens when you leave a car sitting for nine months? It's not going to start. I had to go get change the oil, change the plugs, get a new battery, do all this work just so I can go out and drive the car. It's the same thing in our houses. If you do not take preventive maintenance to your house, your house is going to start to fall apart. It's going to collapse around you. 
It's the same thing spiritually. If we do not apply what we hear at the harbor and go out and practice it and apply it in our lives, we're going to rot in the dock. We're not going to be going out and doing what the Lord wants us to do. And Satan does not care for a harbor, a church, that does nothing to spread the gospel. He'll let you uh, come in, sing, uh, 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 listen to preaching, but if we are not doing anything to tell other people about Christ, Satan doesn't care. He does not care. But once we start following the plan, what's going to happen? We're going to have some problems because Satan is going to take interest in what we are doing because he does not want the gospel to go out one foot from this door. So we have to make sure that we don't rot, that we don't perish at the port. Now, how do we do that? With uh, uh, the amount of time we got left, I want you to turn over to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And I want to show you uh, uh, an example, a story here of what we need to be doing. Take a look here. I'm sorry, I, I should say Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, and look here starting in verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum. This is speaking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And after some days, it was noise that he was in the house. I believe this was Peter's house, but that's a whole other story. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much about the door, and he preached the word unto them. So what's, what's the picture look like here? He's in this house. There's people in the house. Pharisees are in the house listening to him. And there's so many people that they can't come into the house, so they're standing outside the windows, outside the doors, so they can hear the Lord Jesus Christ preach. That's what the picture looks like here, okay? Let's read on. In verse 3, And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. So we have four guys here carrying a guy sick of the palsy. He can't walk. He can't do anything. So they're carrying him. And he, he did not live next door. These four men carried him a quite a distance. They, they sacrificed their time, their efforts to bring this person, their friend, to Christ. Why? Main reason to, uh, uh, for the palsy, but most importantly, for salvation. So they're bringing him to Christ. Now, what's happening here? And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. So what happened here? These are not sitters. These four men were not staying at the dock. These men went out into the ocean. They went out and they were bringing somebody who needed Christ to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, they couldn't get in. So what did they do? The, you didn't hear the Bible. Well, we didn't read what the Bible says. It, it, uh, uh, they dropped them down outside the, the door and said, be ye warmed and filled. We tried and have a good life. That's not what they said. They said, we have a difficulty here. We can't get into the house. So we need to find some other way. 
We need to get our friend to Christ, no matter what it takes. So they thought of something that no one else ever thought of. No one ever thought of going through the roof. And if you know your architecture of houses in the Middle East, these are not just flimsy roofs. I mean, they grew plants on these roofs. These are thick roofs. And so they started chipping away at this roof. And can you imagine the Pharisees sitting inside listening to Christ? Of course, they're ready to, to uh, uh, challenge him. And all of a sudden, pieces of earth and, and ceiling are falling on their heads. Now, Christ knows what's going on. He knows everything. But these, these Pharisees are looking and they're looking up. It's like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, the hole gets bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, there's a man coming down through the roof right in front of Christ. These men had a difficult job to do. How are we going to get our friend to Christ? So they thought of something that no one else thought of. They thought of something that was unorthodox. That's what we need to do. We need to figure out a way to get the gospel out to the lost, out into the ocean area, and find different ways of doing it that does not go against this book. But you know what? There are ways out there. And the Lord impresses us how to do that. But we have to go to him and ask him, Father, how do I get the gospel out to this which seems impossible? He'll give you the plan. He will show you the way. Just like he showed these four, these four men to bring their friends in. Go through the roof. Do something that no one else has done. But there's one more thing we need to look at here. Was this house these four men's house? No. This wasn't their house. So who's going to repair the hole? Who's going to fix that? Because the homeowner's not going to do that. They broke it open. So who's going to do it? They're going to do it. They broke open that hole knowing that after we're done, we're going to have some work to do. We got to repair that hole. So it not only brought their friend to Christ, but they also had a mentality of this. We don't care what it costs us. We don't care what it's going to cost because what's more important, our friend coming to Christ. Now, when I mean by cost, money, yes, it's going to take money. Materials and things are going to fix a hole. But it's also going to take something that a lot of us really hold on tight to, our time. When we have outreaches, are we going on outreaches? Or are we sitting in the harbor? If you're a breaker, you're going to give of your time. You're going to say, this is what's more important. I need to share the gospel. These four men went out and did exactly that because it was important to them. We need to be breakers. Let's break through the roofs and let's tell the people about the Lord Jesus Christ. But you're, you're probably saying, well, I don't know how to do that. Just tell what the Lord did in your life. That's all you have to do. You don't have to have a, a, a PhD in doctrine. Of the, of the word of God. Yes, you need to be reading God's word. You need to be studying God's word. But you go out and just tell people what God did to you. Yes. And I'll tell you something else. Being in Germany, going and talking to people 
I would be speaking, giving a testimony or, 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 or telling uh, uh, about or answers about what they had in their, in their questions. And stuff will be coming out of my mouth. Words will be coming out. They're like, where did that ever come from? You know where that came from? The Holy Spirit. Yes, because when you're saved, who's indwelling within you? The Holy Spirit. And what did Christ say in Hebrews? He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So what's he telling you? You have nothing to be afraid of. You go out there and you tell the lost about the gospel. And he will guide you what to say, when to say it, and who to say it to. The Lord is fantastic because he's going to bring people in front of your path. When you're out guiding in the ocean, all of a sudden there's something that comes in front of you. Who did that? The Lord did it. Because he wants you to talk to them about the gospel. Now, here's one more thing, and then I'll close, um, because I don't want to be too late. I want to respect the time. But have you ever heard or read the story in Acts chapter 12 of Peter and prison? I'm sure you've heard the story. I'm sure it's been uh, taught and preached here. But you remember the story of Peter that he's about to be beheaded. But he's in prison. He's chained up between guards. And he's in the innermost part of the, of the prison. And what is Peter doing? He's sleeping. He's about to be put to death. The next morning, he's going to get his head chopped off. But he's sleeping. Why? Because he had great peace. God wasn't done with him yet. So he wasn't worried about it. When you go out in the ocean, don't worry about it. Have peace. The Lord will deliver you. The Lord will help you. You'll be able to navigate over very treacherous waters. Going across the ocean is very difficult at times. Storms come across. Tribulations come across. You're going to meet storms. But the Lord's with you. The Lord's guiding you. The Lord is the one. Remember, he stood in the boat and said, peace. And the winds and the waves stopped. That's who is with us that we can rely upon. And so Peter is in prison. He has great peace. The angel comes in. And here's another great study, uh, a preaching thing that you can do. Uh, Those who are are studying to be preachers or to uh, have a a sermon is the the church was praying for him all night long. Constantly praying. That's a whole other subject there. So the angel comes in, says, Peter, get up. He's so so at peace that he's sleeping. He didn't even hear the angel say to get up. The angel had to kick him. Kicked him on the side to wake him up. And he said, Peter, stand up. Now, was Peter a handicapped person or did he have two good legs? He had two good legs. And so when the angel told him to stand up, what did he do? He stood up. He did what he could do. He was physically able to stand up, so he stood up. What happened next? The fetters fell off. Could Peter take those fetters off? No possible way in the world. He couldn't take that, those chains off. But when he obeyed the angel and did what the angel told him to do, and he was willing to do what the angel told him to do, and he did it, what happened next? 
God did the impossible. The fetters fell off. And then the angel told him, put on your shoes, put on your coat. Those are things Peter could do. So he did it. He could do the possible. He did the possible, put them on. And then the angel said, follow me. He could do that. He could follow him. He could physically do that, especially now the fetters are off. And so he followed them. And what happened? He came to the prison door and just pushed it right open. Could Peter open those doors by himself? No way. They were locked. But God did the impossible. And he even went out through all the prison doors and went on the street. And then he went to the place where they were praying. How was that possible? Peter did the possible. God did the impossible. You want to reach souls for Christ, especially here in the Sioux Falls area, unleash the procrastination ropes, get rid of the fear, get out in the ocean, tell what Christ has done in your life, do what you can do, and let God do what he can do. It's that simple. You just do and God will do the impossible. But you have to leave the harbor. You have to be able to go out. If you'll do that, you will see great and mighty things happen here at Eastside Baptist Church. And you know how I know that? Because it's a promise from God. And God keeps his promises. Let's stand. We'll pray as your pastor comes. Thank you, any Father, for the opportunity to be here this evening. Thank you, any Father, for your word. And thank you, any Father, for the truth of your word. You're such a, a mighty, powerful God. But you love us. You want to see us have victories. You want to guide us and show us how we can reach others for the cause of Christ. Help us tonight, Heavenly Father, to make decisions for you. If we are sitters, help us to loose those ropes of procrastination, the the chains of fear, and to get out into the ocean where our ships were meant to be. And Father, help us not to be uh, 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 just sitting and rotting away here in the harbor. We know teaching and preaching is important and it helps us in our daily living. And Father, you want us to go out and tell others about that very same thing. So help us to be a breaker, to go through the walls, to go through the ceilings, and whatever it takes, whatever it costs, to tell others about the so great salvation. Father, one soul coming to you is worth whatever it costs. Help us to have that mentality. Help us to get out of the docks and into the ocean to see you work great and mighty things to accomplish the impossible. Thank you again, Father, for this evening, for the time to be with your people. Speak to their hearts now and help them to 
bring honor and glory through their decisions. In your son's name, I pray.